Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It still gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. Good morning. Welcome to Real Presence. Radio Live, we are broadcasting from the beautiful Black Hills, negative 15 degrees outside in the heart of downtown Rapid City at the Chancery offices. I'm Jacques Daniel, Director of Communications for the Diocese, here with Father Brian Christensen, a cathedral, uh, pastor of the cathedral in Rapid City here. And yeah, it's a minus 15, but sunny, beautiful, plows are out. Um, and I think most people in Rapid City are still asleep, or at least uh, drinking their coffee or tea, uh, having a quiet morning before they emerge into uh, this winter wonderland that we have today. Yeah. There's a two-hour late start at the Chancery, but we're here warming up the coffee. <laughs> we're warming things, up the coffee, getting things rolling here things on this rolling. <clears throat> Thursday after Ash Wednesday. We have an exciting show. We have all sorts of guests today. This is, uh, it's been a long time since we had Real Presence Radio live in Rapid City. No, it's good to be Today's back the on the, good to be back on the air, and we do have a great show coming uh, up here, so stay tuned. Uh, let's pray. You want to pray? Yeah. name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Loving God and Father. You have invited us on this journey of Lent to be configured more and more to the mind and heart of your Son, Jesus Christ. In the Gospel today, he invites us to take up our cross daily, uh, to live in this world, embracing the challenges and struggles with the grace that come from you through the power of the Holy Spirit. We ask you to um, lighten our burdens, ease our struggles, and help us to face the challenges of this day with your grace, with your mercy and your love. We ask all these things to your Son, our Savior Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. Amen. In the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, I think our first guest this morning is Patrick. Patrick, are you with us? I sure am. Good morning. Good How morning. How is it in Fargo? Uh, about the same. There's a lot of blow and snow all over the place, a lot of late starts and... Uh, Cancellations. Mm-hmm. You're you're somewhere warm. Yeah, I'm here at the Real Presence uh, Radio Station downtown in Fargo. We're nice and cozy. <laughs> so, Patrick McGuire, uh, what's your job? I am the director of music at Saint Anne and Joachim Church here in South Fargo. Okay, and uh, how long have you been there at Saint Joachim and Anne? I love the parents of Mary. Yeah, that's right. Um, about two years. I started up in summer of uh, June 2021. Okay, and prior to that, what were you up to? Yeah, prior to that, I was the choral director at Shanley High School and Sacred Heart Middle School, our Catholic high school and middle school here in town. I did that for five years after graduating college. All right, tell us a little bit about how you got into church music, sacred music. I mean, I don't know that any kid grows up saying, I want to be in the choir loft for the rest of my life. Sure. Um, I, I guess I really got my, I mean, music was always something I grew up with. I was started playing violin at age four. Um, and so I grew up in a decently musical household, and then I got into high school, and I had a guitar, and I was dangerous. 
Um, and so I, I started leading music at Mass, um, and eventually through a long series of circumstances, I ended up picking the music for Mass each and every week. And I was I, every single week there was some iteration of Shepherd Me, O God in there. Um, it was either the offertory or it was our opening or it was the psalm or it was communion. I did it somehow, somehow. I just thought it sounded awesome on my guitar. And so uh, a priest friend of our family uh, came to celebrate Mass, and he heard what I was doing, and he pulled me aside and said, let me, let me just kind of help you out here a little bit. And uh, kind of just, just took me under his wing and taught me the liturgy, um, basically. And so uh, I fell in love with uh, everything there, um, all, the, all the stuff to, there is to know and all the beautiful music, of course, that there is in our Catholic Church tradition. Uh, and the rest is history. I was hooked. So when you went off to college, did you specifically desire to enter into church ministry with music? Or was there something else on your mind? Well, I always knew that it would be there. Um, I, my, my initial goal was to be a high school choral teacher, um, and that's what I did right away, of course. I got my degree in vocal music education from Concordia College here in Moorhead, Minnesota, just near the other side of the river. And, um, yeah, I, was, I always tell people, I'm living the dream. I'm doing my high school choral conducting job, which also happened to feature, you know, music and liturgy and whatnot. I was doing those weekly school masses and everything, and I also was helping out um, at the time, actually, at St. San and Joachim uh, as an accompanist as well. So it was always just kind of there, but then... Um, just, I, th I think the perfect circumstances just lined right up at the right time for me, and so I made the move over as the director of music, um, yeah, in 2021, and I, I've been loving it. It's been awesome. How how would you say, like, your growth in understanding the liturgy, understanding the church's rich patrimony of music, how's that affected your relationship with God, just your, your faith life? Well, it's huge. I mean, the, the things that we immerse ourselves in musically... Um, you know, if you go back to the ancient Greeks, they talked about this a lot, how the stuff that you listen to is really going to affect your character, your ethos, who you are. Um, and so the things that I've ended up surrounding myself with, as I, I joke, I say, is an occupational hazard. Um, it, it really has affected me just in, in terms of, of knowing and encountering the reality of, of what we experience in the liturgy. It's not just a, a communal uh, thing of worship. That's a, a piece of it, sure. Uh, it's not just a meal. Sure, that there's, a, there's a portion of that you could, you could say, uh, but there's so much more depth and reality to what's happening that makes that encounter so much more beautiful. Um, and, and deeper. And so I have had so many beautiful, rich moments at, at Mass. Even just last night, we were having our Ash Wednesday liturgies and just uh, overwhelming, um, I, got, I can't even put to words, I guess, but it's just an overwhelming emotion that I just, I, I so appreciate and I, I, I try not to take for granted because uh, we do it every week. There's, there's something new for us at Mass every single week when we come together and do music and, and more often than that too. Um, yeah, that you, you mean, you bring up a great point. I, I think, you know, just that understanding of the Greeks that what we listen to, what we hear, the music uh, that we um, take in has an influence on who we are. And you think about the contemporary world and the secular music that we're exposed to and our children are exposed to, just everybody. And then coming into the sacred liturgy, often people's, people are like, uh, I don't know about this Gregorian chant. Uh, can we have something more lively? Sure. Um, do you face those challenges and those questions in your ministry? Oh, for sure. I, I think Billy Joel is the one that said, uh, nobody hears music and feels nothing. Right? There, there's some kind of reaction. And so let's just take music as a standalone there. Okay, well, people have their feelings about music. Well, people also have a feeling about how they pray, too, don't they? And now you're talking about the intersect of those two very important things in people's lives. There is no shortage of opinion in uh, what that should look like in the parish life. So, 
you know, my, my job as a, as a parish director of music is to really um, help everybody come together around that, that, that same common worship. And what's nice is that the Catholic Church has done all the work for me. You know, there's a lot of resources out there for us. And if we just do, you know, what, what's in there for the, for the antiphons, for example, there's some beautiful texts there that just help us to understand and encounter the readings and, and the prayers, the collect, the liturgy, the Eucharist. All these things are tied together for each one of these liturgies, and it's beautifully laid out for the whole liturgical year. And so if we're following along with that um, and, and staying close to that, we're, we're going to get a lot more out of it. There's a lot more of a cohesive message for us there if we can follow that. So I don't have to come in and try to make up a bunch of things myself. I'm really just looking at what the church has given us and trying to make it as accessible as possible, I guess is maybe the best way to put it. So Patrick, as a fellow uh, guitarist, it sounds like maybe you have given up your guitar liturgical ways is that is that what i'm hearing are you still yeah playing yeah by, by and large i mean part of it's just you know i i'm married now i don't have to be on the hunt you know it's, it's, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> my, yeah. my guitar days have, have earned me my wife no she my wife does not care for my guitar playing days whatsoever um no yeah i, I i'm an organist by by uh by by default now um and that's uh that's been uh really fun for me to kind of learn and, and grow into that as well but Singing is, is, I guess, really the main thing that I'm, I'm, I'm doing. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Well, you are, so you are the director of music and events? Yes. Yeah. Parish. <laughs> Part of my responsibilities involve all the different, it's a large parish uh, for, for our city, and uh, there's a lot of things going on, so I'm in charge of making sure all the calendar stuff stays in order and booking all the different events that come through. And there's a, an event coming up this weekend Tell us about that. That's right. Yeah, we're having a special uh, event called Encounter. Um, Encounter, uh, talking about the Eucharist. And so I have a chamber ensemble at the church called Voces Eterne, Eternal, Vo Eternal Voices. And um, we focus on a lot of different things um, in our, our musical um, output, but a lot of it is uh, sacred polyphony and chant. And as we came into this Eucharistic revival, um, I, I thought there needs to be an opportunity to encounter not only the Eucharist, of course, but to experience, you know, what are some of the great texts on the Eucharist? And there is a treasury of choral music in Catholic Church uh, history, and not just the Catholic Church either. I mean, all of classical music history, some of these texts we're going to be singing have been set by classical composers for centuries. Um, but just to have some of these texts and to be able to not only read them and, and see them, but be in the presence of the Eucharist and have that sung and just have a meditative experience of prayer with these texts that have withstood the test of time and our um, solid Catholic th theology and doctrine to help us encounter um, what God is, how Jesus Christ is present to us in the Eucharist. And so um, through a lot of planning and discussion and researching different pieces. We've come up with this, I think, a beautiful program um, that we're going to be doing this Sunday at St. Anna Joachim. That sounds amazing. Yeah, what, uh, what time is that going to be on Sunday? Yeah, so we have uh, weekly Vespers on Sunday at 5.30 at the parish, so we'll kind of start with that. And then we're done with that a little bit before 6 o'clock, but we'll probably start everything for this encounter um, at 6 o'clock, we'll start Sunday, February 26th, over at St. Anne and Joachim. So 6 o'clock start officially, but I'd highly recommend coming for Vespers beforehand if you've never come. Yeah, beautiful, the sung, sung Vespers there in the, in the church. Um, what can people expect when they show up at the encounter? What will they 
what would they experience there? Sure. If you've ever been to a Eucharistic Holy Hour, it's going to be that. We're going to expose the Blessed Sacrament uh, and the monstrance on the altar. Uh, we'll have a couple of hymns to start off right away. O Sacrament Most Holy, Godhead Here in Hiding, a couple of things to kind of get our, our communal worship uh, all together. But then after that, I have the chamber ensemble. We'll be up in the choir loft behind you. So it's kind of a unique performance, if you want to put air quotes around that performance. Um, mm. We'll be behind and just kind of offering music that you can kind of pray with. And so almost everything we're going to sing as far as the repertoire goes is going to be in Latin, but we have all the translations in the program. And the intention is that you'll be able to sit there and look at the words that are being sung and look at the translation and then see too, like, where does this text come from? You know, the first one we're seeing is Ave Verum Corpus, which is attributed to Pope Innocent VI. Um, you can see where all this is from, you can see what the words are, and then just get a chance to pray with that. So we'll do like three or four pieces, and then we'll take ten minutes of silence. And then we'll do a few more pieces, then do some more silence, just so you can have time to kind of sit and reflect on what you've just heard. So uh, we'll do all that, we'll close out with another hymn at the end as well, and um, get everybody a chance to, to be involved and to sing that as well. All the music in the program, it's all right there for you. So basically, you just show up and get a chance to encounter Christ in the Eucharist. Yeah, no, that's really, really beautiful. What What do you think, I mean, just kind of, we started the program talking a little bit about the role of uh, sacred music uh, in our life of prayer. Um, how, would you, how, how, do you, how do you hope that this will be an effective part uh, of prayer for the people who come to the encounter this Sunday evening? Well, I don't know about you, but uh, when I pray, I, I find my, my words fall short, and I think anybody that has any study of theology or the history of the church, we know that our words are always going to fall short in some sense. Um, but if I am going to pray, I kind of like to lean on what have the saints said, what have the saints prayed with, you know, these holy men and women. And so there's quite a few texts in here tonight, or for Sunday night, that are from St. Thomas Aquinas himself, great doctor of the church. And uh, I feel pretty safe when I'm praying with the words St. Thomas Aquinas. Uh, so that's one good thing that I think is kind of nice to, to lean on a little bit. Um, but also just to be exposed to this uh, style of music that's um, very lost in our church today. Um, and I, maybe very lost is a little bit too strong. It's certainly prevalent. There's certainly places all over the place that are doing great work um, with polyphonic music and, and other things uh, throughout our church's history. But uh, we don't get to encounter that kind of music so much anymore. So it's cool to have the opportunity to hear not only these texts, but also this special music that has really withstood the test of time and really is something that is, is worth hearing and, and experiencing. Um, and it's very, I, I think, conducive to the liturgical atmosphere and the church atmosphere. It's very, very good for, uh, for worship. Well, we're here at uh, Real Presence Live here from Rapid City. I'm Father Brian Christensen. I'm here. I'm Jacques Daniel. We're talking with Patrick McGuire, uh, Director of Music at St. Jacobs and Ann Fargo, and we'll be right back. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. For centuries, healthcare has been central to the healing ministry of the church. Today's technologies offer exciting possibilities, but also serious moral questions. More than ever, we need healthcare leaders who serve with integrity and conviction. The University of Mary answers the call to prepare leaders anchored in moral courage in a breathtaking range of programs from bioethics to nursing. Visit catholicprofessional.life. We have all lost someone to the reality of death, some more tragic than others. I'm Father Chris Alar. 
While grieving is a natural process, it helps if you know how to navigate your way through it. As my friend Sammy Wood says, you can never get over a tragic loss, but you can get through it. Come to know the stages of grief, which are acute, integrated, and complicated grief. Seek help whenever needed, either from a friend or especially from medical professionals. There is no shame in asking for help. Remember, Jesus accepted the help of his followers while bearing the weight of the cross on his way to Calvary. Don't go it alone. Please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. Did you know you can listen to the RPR Network when you're on the go? Just search for Real Presence Radio in your app store. Listen live to any station across the network at any time, so you can stay connected to your local community from wherever you are. Plus, if you miss a program, the Real Presence Radio app is your one-stop shop for local and national podcasts, including our signature show, Real Presence Live. The Real Presence Radio app, with you every step of your faith journey. Download it today and see what you've been missing. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Good morning. Welcome back. We are here, Real Presence Radio Live, broadcasting from downtown Rapid City. The Chancery Building, the Chancery is closed, but we are open for business. I'm here, Jacques Daniel, here with Father Brian Christensen. We're talking to Patrick McGuire from Fargo. We're trying to figure out how far Fargo is from Rapid City uh, so we can make the trek up to <laughs> Fargo this Sunday evening for this, uh, what sounds like is going to be a beautiful uh, encounter with Jesus in the Eucharist. Um, Patrick, when you think about the this you know three-year-long Eucharistic revival that the, the U.S. bishops have tasked us with and, and encouraged us, inspired us to enter into, um, you're, taking, you're taking a unique approach. Tell me more about how this, uh, you mentioned a little bit before the break, but how this event and, and the work that you're doing in the liturgy is really responding to the call for revival. Sure. Well, I, when, the, when I first saw the news about the revival happening, I knew that as a director of church music, I had a responsibility to my parish and to all of our parishioners to to help um, support that and, and to bring that to our parish uh, at the musical level. Uh, so much of what we do in, in worship is tied to music. Um, our own catechism says that music is a treasure of inestimable value, greater than that of any other art, and so we got to take that seriously. Um, and so then I started to think as I was planning out repertoire for our ensembles this year. I have a, a parish choir, a chamber ensemble we work with, and we have um, uh, various other groups. We have a children's choir that just started up now, and so we're doing all kinds of different things. But as I'm planning out the repertoire this summer for all of that, I started to think about what are just some of those tried and true Eucharistic texts that have been sung and set by various composers. And so I came um, came up with kind of a list of, of not only just pieces of music, but just in general texts that I wanted to have sung uh, at communion time. And so that's where I started to find some of these things like Ave Verum Corpus and uh, O Sacrum Convivium, Solitaris Hostia, Panis Angelicus, 
Qui man ducat carne mea, all these great different Latin hymns that have been sung all throughout the church's history. Um, that's just good to be exposed to and, and to get, like I said before, um, the, this, this good Catholic doctrine of theology and these great hymns that have been sung by saints all throughout the centuries. So it's good for us to encounter that as well. Yeah, yeah. no, that's really great. Yeah, I think it's exciting. And, uh, you know, just the overall, I, I'm fascinated by the role of, of, of music in the life of faith in general, and then in particular in the, the liturgy. Um, you know, we know when we, we teach uh, young people uh, songs, you know, for nursery rhymes or, or even um, for um, their spelling or, or just right, stories that, right. they, that they have, that the, somehow it sticks, right? Mm -hmm. it, it, it resonates. Right. Um, and uh, music in, in, the, in the Catholic mindset, in the, in, the, in the worship of God, it seems to stick sometimes. You were talking earlier about, uh, about your guitar playing days and uh, the, the songs that kind of just resonated with you. Mm -hmm. Can you share a little bit about that, the role of that um, in the life of, of our faith and in the, in the life of growing faith? Right. I, I kind of think of sacred music, especially in the liturgy, it, it's almost, you have to kind of think, but like maybe a nutritionist thinks about a diet, you know, like the food that you eat is going to reflect some way, some form in your body, right? So the music that we, we worship with and, and what we take in at Mass um, when we're worshiping is going to affect our faith to a certain degree, right? So if we're not fed a good balanced diet that is not giving us the nutrition that we need, our bodies are going to be deformed. And so if we're not using uh, good music that's well-founded and accessible and, and all these different things, um, I, we're, we're, we're going to have some kind of deficiency, um, I, I guess would be a good word for that. Maybe this is a good time to turn to what the USCCB did a couple of years ago. They uh, brought out a hymn lyric memorandum talking about different categories of deficiencies and ways that there's certain songs or certain styles of um, writing in terms of the hymn lyrics themselves that uh, really provide s certain deficiencies that don't give us what we need when we come to, to worship at Mass. Yeah, I mean, uh, I would love to go into that area that you're talking about, just the guidance of the U.S. bishops and their commentary um, with regard to sacred music and the sometimes those deficiencies that have manifested themselves uh, in, uh, in, in some of our contemporary music that we've been using. Um, can you kind of elaborate on that, Patrick? Sure, yeah. So I've basically, I, I brought with me today this little handout that I had for our diocesan parish music workshop a couple of years ago. When this first came out, I did a little presentation to just kind of try to tie it all together and help people understand what's going on. So there's two general guidelines that go on uh, with this hymn lyric memorandum. You can look it up on the USCCB website. Um, just look up hymn lyrics, it'll come up. Um, but the two general guidelines are, number one, is the hymn in conformity with Catholic doctrine? Well, there's a big question for you. That's really easy to answer, right? Um, I almost always, if I have any question, I'm talking to my pastor or I'm working with somebody else, maybe our, our diocesan liturgy office will help me out with some of these uh, two. But, you know, the more you immerse yourself into what the what the good doctrine is, and this is why it's important to be diligent about that as a music director, you'll be able to answer that first question. But that's the first one. Is the hymn in conformity with Catholic doctrine? Number two, is the hymn expressed in image and vocabulary appropriately reflective of the usage of Scripture and the public liturgical prayer of the Church? What does that mean? That's a lot of words that you know maybe might be hard to understand. But basically, 
it's it basically is it's saying is the language that's used consistent with what the church is using in terms of like a scriptural translation for example you know when we bring the uh, our text into english from all these various different languages that uh, have have been used throughout history is it reflective of what the church is saying to use you know a lot of different hymn texts and um songs that are being written today it's it's really you know from that personal composer's perspective and sometimes we just get in some areas where it's unintentional but it's just wrong <laughs> sometimes uh, uh. so the then after, after these two general guidelines um uh there's another thing that says there's a, a kind of a, a overarching theme to avoid language that could be easily misconstrued in a way that is contrary to catholic doctrine so it doesn't even have to necessarily be wrong but if it could potentially be misconstrued by the common listener well that's kind of problematic as well so um let's let's get to a specific example perhaps there's six categories of specific deficiencies that le- they lay out the first one and what they say is the most common and most serious is the deficiencies on presentation of eucharistic doctrine well surprise surprise here we are we're having a eucharistic revival in the usccb before this they said one of the biggest issues is hymn lyrics for the eucharist like we're not getting this um so here's some of the things that they say number one it must avoid language that implies that the elements are still bred and wine after consecration. So if we're just commonplace referring to um, the bread and wine, not as the the body and blood, it doesn't have to be that specific, but if we're Mm -hmm. not at least giving some credence to this is not bread, this is not wine anymore, that can be problematic. Uh, It must avoid language that implies the bread and wine are symbols. It's not just a symbol of the body and blood, right? We know these things, but if we're singing them even casually, like sometimes I find like we sing things, we don't even realize what we've just said. Um, I, when I was teaching at Shanley, I remember one day I, I had the kids, um, we went through the beginning of the, the liturgy of the Eucharist, pray, brothers and sisters, my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, our Almighty Father, and they responded perfectly. They, had, mm-hmm. they knew the response to everything. And I stopped and I said, what did you just say? And it's crickets. Like, We've been saying this for years. Like, what do you mean? What, what are we saying here? We, we had a great conversation about it. So a lot of times we just say things and we just repeat like parrots. We don't really think about what we're saying, but we got to think about this stuff. Um, the third point is to avoid... Um, there, I lost my spot. Oh, there we go. Bread and bread of life, etc., are scriptural synecdokes for the Eucharist. But wine is not used in the same way. If you go into uh, Scripture and you look at that, wine is not used the same way that, like, the bread of life, uh, mm-hmm. for example, is used. It's always blood or it's, it's uh, like, cup or, or some representation there, but it's not wine specifically. So one of the rules that USCCB says, and this honestly took out a couple of songs that I really enjoy myself, <laughs> so I had to say no. Um, but if it's referred, like, if bread and wine are referenced together... Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a deficiency. So they say probably try to avoid that kind of stuff. So, and then they give some specific examples of some songs after that, but that's kind of the basic idea. So there's like all this different stuff that's laid out, and it's a great resource for me as a church music director to say, okay, well, here's something that the bishops have thought through and really talked about, and they've just given me this great tool to use, and now all I have to do is apply all of this to what we sing at Mass and help to, again, give that good nutrition to our, our parish as we sing at Mass. And as a parent, you know, I, you've probably experienced this uh, many times after Mass, uh, un, kind of beknownst to me, I'm not really paying attention. Uh, maybe, like you said, there are moments where I, uh, you know, entered into the Mass the best that I could, but it's on the drive home that sometimes my children are, are singing the Eucharistic hymn, you know, or, or oh, a chorus sure. from one of mm-hmm. the songs, and it's like, 
uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that we have uh, musicians who are being <clears throat> attentive to that and careful because it, it sticks with us. It stays in our heart, stays right, in our mind right. I, my, long my, after we've sung it. My, my two-year-old, uh, all of a sudden, like three weeks ago or so, mm-hmm. uh, as we're getting ready for bed, she says, Dada, church song. What? Dada, church song. Holy, and that's holy, when you bring out the guitar. Right. She's singing the Nicaea hymn tune. And so yeah. now all the time mm-hmm. she'll ask for it. Holy, holy, holy. And she wants to hear that Nicaea. It's like, you're two years old. Like, how are you mm-hmm. like getting this? Like, you're way better than I ever was. I was doing all kinds of different stuff till I was like 18, man. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, one of the, I guess one of the things is I think we see the the danger and uh, you know if you you mentioned at one point in our conversation the spirit of the liturgy by uh, Cardinal Ratzinger, one of the dangers is certainly being self-referential in our hymns. Sure, you know, singing about ourselves, kind of mm-hmm. getting caught in that, and not opening ourselves to the transcendent that this is God's work, um, that Christ has opened for us. Uh, a pathway to the heavenly liturgy, and we participate in that. So any any self-referential things decreases the mystery or, or closes us off from the mystery. Can you kind of speak to that challenge? Sure. And there's there's certainly moments here. You can see in Scripture, too, or just reading the Psalms, you know, like, you know, even the beginning of the Lidge of the Hours, God, come to my assistance. You know, there's kind of a, like, God, come help me, right? We need that. Now, that's obviously a, a part of all of this, too. But you're right. There's a certain, you know, when the focus becomes all about me, myself, and I, and my, and my growth. We have to, you know, where is our focus? It's the tabernacle. It's Jesus, right? We got to be um, uh, positioning ourselves correctly and orienting ourselves properly towards the Lord in worship, and that comes from almost a complete abandonment of the self and just, you know, gee, I, I can't do it, Lord, so I'm going to rely completely on you and just leave who I am. Uh, behind, and I'm going to come find you. I'm going to come encounter you, and that's part of the reason for the title. We want to come encounter Jesus, have a true encounter where we're fully there with Him, and, and can be present with Him, and allow Him to uh, fill ourselves up. We want to be emptied so that we can be completely filled up by Him. We're visiting with Patrick McGuire from Fargo, and uh, Patrick, tell us one uh, last time uh, what's going on this Sunday out at Saints Joachim and Anne. Sure thing. So we'll be doing an encounter concert, the Eucharist, great Eucharistic text being sung. You get to come and experience Jesus, get to come encounter him. So it'll be great. Saints Anne and Joachim, uh, 6 p.m. this Sunday, February 26th. All right. Thank you very much. We'll be thank back you, after the break. Live, engaging, and local. This is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network.